0: Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. A podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, Patient centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voice's most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Hello everybody, and welcome to our patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. I'll be your host today, Desiree Collins Bradley, and we are really, really excited to have an extra special guest with us. Kimberly Haynes, say hello. Well, good, good evening and thank you so much, Desiree, for having me today. Excited oh. to be here. I'm excited to share this. So we're going to be talking about mental health, guys, especially in the African-American community. And so, Kimberly Haynes, we know, well, I know, the listeners don't know, that you have an organization called Family to Family. Is that correct?
2: Yes. uh, Family to Family Federation of Families for Children's Mental Health. Okay. We are the state chapter under the national organization, which is the National Federation of Families for Children's Mental Health. And uh, we're a family-run organization, which means that you know the majority of our board leadership and the majority of our staff are parents or caregivers that have the experience of either living with mental illness or caring for a loved one that has mental illness.
1: And so how, what is your personal connection to um, starting family to family? Could you share a little of your personal perspective of how you got involved to even start family to family?
2: Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, I have about 15 years experience working in nonprofits. Um, I started about 15 years ago. Um, just sort of doing youth programs in the community, I realized that they didn't have a lot of services for kids over the age of twelve, which is really a very vulnerable period um, for young for young people. So I kind of got started that way, and that sort of segued me into the field of drug prevention. And um, just really, a lot of people don't understand that the field of drug prevention really deals a lot with. Um, you know, preventing the mental illness of substance use disorder. And so when you're in that field, you, you learn a lot about external conditions and things that, you know, just sort of, you know, create poor, poor health outcomes in terms of mental health and and understanding that people tend to medicate when they have um, underlying disorders like depression or anxiety. And so about 10 years ago, um, my son was diagnosed with a mental illness. And, you know, um, you know, we went through the proper channels, you know, um, trying to find, you you know, proper doctors, proper therapy, really learning about his condition. And, you know, because he was diagnosed as an adult, you know, it's kind of a really a, a, a big struggle because you mm-hmm. don't have all the same legal safeguards to take care of your children mm-hmm. once they're adults that you have when they are, you know, underage, you know, so, you know, I can't just say, hey, listen, you got a doctor's appointment in the morning and, and you know, I'm going to pick you up from school or, you know, hey, listen, uh, take those couple pills before dinner, you know, and I don't have the same. You know, relationship with the doctors to say, you know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I think is maybe going on with him or any of those things because Mm -hmm. he's an adult. You know, and yeah. one of uh, the characteristics of mental illness is that, you know, people in general, you know, there's a lot of stigma. People don't like to talk about it.
0: Yes. You know, A lot of mental
2: illness goes undiagnosed because people are uneasy um, sharing that sort of personal information about themselves. You know, it's looked at as a sign of weakness. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, even, you know, to this day, you know, as I share my story and my journey, you know, I'm always mindful of his level of comfort with his information, you know. Yes. And and so, you know, I, you know, with all this experience, with all this understanding about how how the world works, you know, how, you know. Mental illness, the numbers, the statistics. Who's vulnerable? You know what mm-hmm. conditions in the environment. You know, I I could not find any support and resources for me and my situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell people, you know, if I had a twelve year old, you know, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. You know, if we were in a different situation where you know um, my son was able to sort of manage his own health care and and make some of those decisions for himself. I know what to do. Yeah. But you know, um, and it became really relevant to me, you know, your heart goes out, you feel hopeless, all of the emotions and all of that. But, you know, at a certain point you get a little angry. You know, mm-hmm. you get a little mm-hmm. angry because you are doing everything that you know how to do, mm-hmm. and there's no class I can take. There's no book I can read. You know, a lot of these experiences are learned on the job. You know, because every Mm -hmm. person is different, every situation is different. Then when you factor in so many things that we kind of talk about on the surface, such as your economic status, your marital Mm -hmm. status, your uh, access to resources in your neighborhood, you know, the system is a beast. It really
1: is. It really, you know. I I think about, um, in particular, the African American, Black, and Brown community. Mental illness is very taboo um, it is, is, you know, and, you know, I'm just thinking about my own personal connection. I have a family member that, you know, even exhibited behaviors as an adolescent, as a teenager, and we took it as, oh, he's acting out or, Uh oh, he just acting crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh And so so uh now, you know, as an adult, um, it has spilled over into his adult life, you know, untreated and oftentimes reckless. And so, you know, I think we need to start that conversation in our communities and make sure oh, that they are aware, you know, that the resources are out there. The symptoms, when you yes. see it, you suspect it, follow up, seek the health care that you need. You know, uh,
2: one of the reasons that I started Family to Family is because, you know, as caregivers, as loved ones, you know, we have to be able to give other people the courage to talk about what they're going through, Mm
0: -hmm. you
2: know, um, and because that example that you gave is very typical,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
2: and that's the way that our society is structured to look at our children, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
2: um, and you know, I always tell people the number of times that I've been told that my son just had a behavior issue or that, whatever, that basically I should punish him.
0: Mm-hmm. I should
2: withhold yes. love and punish him yep. was always the answer in a nutshell, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, and, and that's ridiculous. You know, you, it, you don't yes. punish people for not being well, you know, right. and, right. and and the reason that this journey has been so long you know, is because you know the system is set up for punitive responses. Yes, that's right. You know, I mean. there's no clear pathway for me to see that. Okay, this is what we're dealing with. I go directly over here, and mm-hmm. somebody at, at that next stop point is going to tell me what to need, what I need to do the next place. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so with family to family, you know, we really want to give uh, people the opportunity to first come together and find support because you know the reality is that you know when I talk to other parents or other people that have loved ones the relief in their voice yes you know the the just you can tell you know you know when you're advocating for someone that has a set of behaviors or circumstances that society easily casts off as willful misconduct Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, you're being bad or you don't want to do anything. You're lazy. Mm -hmm. You're just tripping. Ain't nothing wrong with you. All you need is a a whooping or, you know, (laughs) all you need is, you know, you got too much stuff. You're spoiled. spoiled. You know, this is how stigma Mm -hmm. is perpetuated. Mm -hmm. This is how stigma is perpetuated, you know. And so and understanding that, you know, there are so many dark places that this can take you. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you find you know, you find a lot of children with mental health issues wrapped up in a child welfare system, their foster kids, because mm-hmm. their you know, their condition puts them at a greater risk for neglect and abuse.
1: You know, too, you know? and also they, you know, again from personal experience, um, my loved one ended up incarcerated over and mm-hmm. over and over. And so, you know, it, it's almost like a double-edged sword. You know, they go in for having a psychotic episode or what have you. They start, you know, overusing different substance use, substance Absolutely. uses, and they end up in, in the prison system Absolutely. because, you know, no one has taken the time to really, really understand what they're going through and then connect them with resources. So, yes. So family Absolutely. to family. So your organization, so... What, um, what does the organization actually do? It's a two-part question. So what does your organization actually do and how can others benefit from what you guys have at Family to Family?
2: Okay, so, so we are organized to do two things. One is to train and certify parent peer advocates. We need people that can help individuals in crisis mm-hmm. not just the patient but that entire family is in crisis yes that parent needs an advocate that parent that loved one that caregiver needs someone to help them navigate the system you know why people stay in jail Desiree? because yeah. by the time no because by the mm-hmm. time you know the system tells you that there's no intervention so you're at risk of harm to self or others Mm -hmm. Having a mental illness does not mean that you are intellectually disabled.
1: That's right.
2: So, so, so that person, that patient, that, that person living with this illness has two options, jail or the hospital, both are Mm -hmm. very restrictive environments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you're, if you're dealing with a situation where medication is a requirement, Mm -hmm. not an option, it's a requirement. Yeah. You know, that person may still say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need the medication. Yeah. So that family who probably has gone to the mat mm-hmm. trying to keep this person out of trouble, off the streets, mm-hmm. safe. You know, mm-hmm. because the first thing we got to do is we got to believe that people love these people. That's right. We got to right. believe and we got to accept that somebody loves those people in the county. Mm hmm. Cook County, the The Cook County Jail (laughs) is the largest provider of mental health care in the whole of the United States.
1: Really? You can't
2: tell me that nobody else but little old me has this connection. Mm -hmm. I didn't go and count the people. It's it's in documents. It's in
1: research.
2: In research. Yeah. Wow. They already know that the majority of people out here suffering from mental illness end up in prison. And Mm -hmm. why? Do you think people want to be in prison? Do you think that's a sane decision? Do you think that when people commit crimes, especially Mm -hmm. heinous crimes, that they're doing that just because they're completely Mm -hmm. mentally stable and they just make this decision based on weighing their outcome, uh, analyzing the consequences? No. There's something
1: Uh, wrong there. Absolutely. And I think the families, too, over time, you know, those families that are, are unaware that this is mental illness, they become exhausted, you know. I can honestly oh, speak absolutely. from personal experience. You get absolutely. really tired and burnt absolutely. out, you know, not really understanding, you know, what I'm doing isn't working. That I need to do something else. Absolutely. I need to see treatment. But what? You get tired. But what? And that's the but thing. What? Where, what? do I do? And, Where do I go? And so, and, and that goes a back to system. how
2: the system uh, treats caregivers. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it is very commonplace for someone to say to a parent or to someone who's advocating for a young person, especially our young Black men. Mm -hmm. You know, the response can be, you know, if you say, you know, i tried this and and So basically they'll give you a list of options.
1: So Mm -hmm. you've already
2: tried all those options because you're trying, you know. So you've tried all those options. So what they fall back on is, well, sometimes you just got to let them go. So they figure it out.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. you got a
2: whole history that says they ain't gonna figure it out.
1: Exactly. You they know, and the then what
2: happens if this person is an adult? There's no notification if they get locked up off the street. Mm-mm. You know, you don't know. You don't know. You're not. You're not required to be notified for court. You're not a person that they're gonna let come to the stand and testify. You know. Mm-hmm unless mm-hmm. you go through some very intricate legal loopholes. But mm-hmm. the average person doesn't know that. And it goes back to the stigma. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard for families to accept that you have to be responsible for an adult. It's yes, a lot sir. easier to say that they're being irresponsible because that's what they want to do. Yeah, I
1: think that's yes, you know, an that easy way out, right?
2: <laughs> and, and I think it's, if, if, you know... it. I won't say it's necessarily the easy way out, but I think that when you lay your options on the table and you see that you can see the whole table free and clear, because mm-hmm. there are no options. Mm-hmm. The only other messages that you're getting is this is a choice, and so yes. you kind of you don't have anything else to build on behind, mm-hmm. you know. And so then you don't have any choices, you know. You don't mm-hmm. have any choices, so. Yeah. So, you know, we want to train parent advocates, you know, parent mm-hmm. advocates for mental health cases need to be in every court in
1: okay. the
2: state. You know, wow. they need to be right there in domestic violence court, they need to be mm-hmm. right there in criminal court, they need to be right there in child support court, they need to be right there in every form of court because wow. people are, you know, this is sort of that's usually the last line that people mm-hmm. will come, you know, families come to murder trials and
0: you know all that
2: stuff you know they you know people don't toss into the street because they get locked up they still have family support so this is the natural gate that every all these people are coming through then you need to put an intervention right there so we need to train we need to train other parents that have lived experience who can be a resource for these parents as they're going through these changes Mm -hmm. um the other thing that we do is we provide technical support to other family-run organizations you know really you to have you need to have somebody and you know it's almost you almost need to have somebody on every block that can be a, a touch point for people that are looking for resources who have questions who need uh support navigating a system or just need somebody to talk to somebody mm-hmm. who's going to be able to to have a conversation to to be a spokesperson for the conversation you know and you find that a lot of people who are you know doing small community organizations kind of locally without a lot of funding mm-hmm.
1: you know,
2: other people on the on the ground who have real authentic connections in the community you know mm-hmm. they're trusted in the community
1: So mm-hmm.
2: you found know, a lot of these, or and they're doing a lot of the work and they're not getting paid for it you know That's, but you yeah. find that a lot of these people are doing it because they have lived experience You know, Uh, know, it's a threshold where you say, okay, well, I know that I have a limit on what I can do to mm -hmm. manage my my child's behavior or control their behavior, but Mm -hmm. I can try to make his environment a little bit safer.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I love that, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit what you said about those partnerships in the community, because I remember, and this is, my grandmother from the deep south i remember her saying it takes a village right and so um you collaborating with other smaller organizations you guys are building a network in a sense right very collaborative Absolutely. so Absolutely. you know and in the peer mentorship piece when you talked about peer mentorship i think my hair's in the back of my neck stood up because i am a huge huge huge, huge, huge advocate Or peer mentorship because it feels good to walk the walk with somebody that has been there and they can understand and they, they get it. And so, so say, so I think that is really, really great. So anything else that you guys are doing that others can benefit from?
2: Well, I think those are the two main things that uh, we really want to leave people with.
1: Okay, great.
2: because, Because, you know, we really look at those being foundational blocks, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'll give you a little bit of uh information on uh peer mentoring. So mm-hmm. peer mentoring a lot of people you know think of it in terms of it just being like a social you know something that you do because you're a really great person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you, you know and, and it's true you know you should have you know you should come into this with a certain spirit, right that's right mm-hmm. you know so i'm not I'm not saying that that's a, um, not a one of the most valuable. Um, uh, requirements Mm -hmm. but in terms of really looking at our communities and Mm -hmm. the lack of resources and looking at how resources have been sort of forced onto our community and those resources are not really culturally competent you know you've been around a circle of grant funding and and other and and some of these um, you know data reviews and research studies You know, a lot of the conclusions fall at we put it out there, the people didn't want to come, or we put it out there and people took advantage of the resources, but at the end of the day, they put it out there and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't work because, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, like the city of Chicago Mm -hmm. um, has a ton more resources than a South Suburban area, right, or a West Suburban Mm -hmm. area. But mm-hmm. however, the numbers in Chicago are at critical level. Yes. So the resources are not working. And mm-hmm. the reality mm-hmm. is that people when they're in crisis, and I don't mean that you're, it doesn't even have to be a mental health crisis. It could be an economic crisis. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, it could be any crisis. Any you're, cl- you, your back is against the wall,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
2: Um. You know, unless you are paying attention to what's available resources and how to how to get to these resources as a full-time job, you're mm-hmm. not gonna know. You're not gonna know. Yeah, and that's so right. and so the money that is spent in these programs and services don't respect the realities of how do you get people to services. It is not Mm -hmm. by putting out a flyer. You got to have a network on the ground. It goes back to that village. You got to be able to beat some drums so other people can hear them. (laughs) Yes. so the reality is that you need more boots on the ground. Yes, you do. You You need people doing hand-to-hand combat on a Mm -hmm. very real level. Mm -hmm. You know, when I worked in the community, I I work for a corporate nonprofit now. And mm-hmm. so I have, um, you know, and I also um, chair a board for family to family. Mm-hmm. And, but when I got started, I was that parent volunteer who was at every community meeting and, and every, you know, every resource there. <clears throat> but I also had a circle of people that I was in close connections with that was in need of actual resources and qualified. Yeah. So, yeah. so me telling someone, hey, girl, you know, they got to they got, if you go to this workshop, they'll let you open a checking account. They'll get rid of that debt you know? go. <laughs> That's a personal <laughs> conversation, right? That's a personal yeah. conversation. That's a personal conversation yeah. you have with your friend. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not a conversation you put on the yeah. because people might not want to know. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I want everybody to know. Yeah. You know, and so I see that as a recurring need, you know, mm-hmm. to where, you know, organizations that are tasked with a monumental amount of work have four staff members. How do you have four staff members and you serve a region? That's right. You, you know, know, how do you get to the people with three or four people? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh, right now with the way uh, that the healthcare debate is going, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that people have done for a long time in the community you know, being a youth worker and, mm-hmm. and all of these things that, you know, you have a lot of nonprofit executives that mm-hmm. rose from the ranks. Guess what? Well. You have a lot Guess of well. nonprofit executives that rose from the ranks. They're not PhD, but they their experience would with, with shame a PhD student under the table.
1: Yeah. You know, because they've and, been and out here. it's that lived experience, right? It's those Absolutely. boots on the ground. That's the boots Absolutely. on the ground. Absolutely. We need more. We need more. Absolutely. So we are we are asking our podcast listeners to hey, spread to your community leaders, go to your networks, and get those boots on the ground, partner with us so that we can spread some of this good stuff that family to family is doing. And so if you had say a few lessons learned, right? Because you've been doing this a good Good, good, good. Wow, that you want to pass on to the mothers, the parents, the caregivers, around what they need to know about mental illness. What would that be?
2: Well, I always recommend uh, people um, to make sure they take care of themselves. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that finding a good therapist or, or a good counselor to talk to is really important because mm-hmm. it's a struggle and you really spend a lot of time with your own internal battle, your conscious, you know, the belief that, you know, you did something to create this condition. Mm -hmm. And if I talk to a hundred parents, a hundred people share that. You know, and, you know, to have someone to help you keep a mental balance is really important because you have to make some really hard decisions. Yes. And, the second thing that I would say is, you know, build a network of support, you know, mm-hmm. and be open to allowing people outside of your family mm-hmm. to be your network of support. And don't, don't be too hard on your family because they're not in that circle.
1: Mm-hmm. That so. is very important. And yeah. I say from my own, it's that is something that is hard to do at times, because yeah. you know it, it. You feel safe within your family realm, right? And to step outside of that, it's like we're that that's outside of my comfort zone. But I think it is yeah. really important because sometimes it's those outside support oh, and perspectives that will give you the most insight, right? And and because and then you know, I think that for me
2: you know i have a you know i um i have a circle of support you know they're like my advisory board
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know they're like
2: my advisory board you know um for me i have a circle of support that i'm comfortable with sharing with but i'm not going to call them and go on and on for hours you yeah. know but these are people who i have both personal and professional relationships with mhm you know And so these are people who have been able to give me, you know, insight into how do you do certain things and tell you who you need to talk to. You know, they Mm -hmm. are providing me with, you know, with information that I can use, which helps strengthen my resolve.
1: That's right. So I
2: definitely count them. mm -hmm. Count them in the circle of support. Mm -hmm. You
1: know. And then that, that also fuels your fire, right, to to spread oh, that to, within absolutely. your network and, and your community. So, you know, if there's podcast listeners out there that would like to learn more about Family to Family, can you give our listeners a website or email or some way for them to connect with Family to Family if they've heard something that they want some more information about?
2: Okay, that's not a problem. Uh, You can email us at info at family2, number two, family.org. Oh,
1: that is great. Well, Kimberly, I sure appreciate you spending this time with us and our listeners. And before we close, is there anything else, maybe a a one-liner that you want to share with our listeners around mental illness?
2: Uh yeah. Um you know the one thing that I would like to say is join the conversation.
1: Oh see. Short and sweet. That is uh-huh. so right. Start the conversation, guys, and join that conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, we thank you guys for tuning in to our Patient Partner Innovation Community podcast. As always, we are super, super appreciative of our sponsors, Dr. Natasha Washington and ATW Health Solutions. And until next time, guys, always be engaged. Follow the PP community online at atwhealth.com.